What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short, anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. From the Gotham Podcast Studios, it's the Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 67. Numbers just keep going up. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? <laughs> I wanted the last one to be 67. I wanted the live to be 67, no. but you you fought me on that one. No. So I was, I was like, like no. all right, fine. No, I mean, people talking about 67 and a half. What is that? 66 and a half, actually. 66 and a half. Which is five foot six and a half, if you're doing it in inches. Okay. Great, great, great job. <laughs> Represent for the short people. Right. Exactly. So great. we're still on this? Yeah, great. <laughs> Just representing for the short people. What we have not done this month, uh, considering it is February, I don't think it's the first time I'm saying it, uh, Happy Black History Month. I have not said Happy Black History Month. You're so busy with guests. I thought stuff you have. No, I could have sworn you did on the it. first one. Maybe I did. I think you said it when Moke was here. I think you definitely said it when Moke was why? here. Why? Because another black person was here? Yeah. No, nah, we didn't say that. I think that's why you did it. <laughs> we did not say that. We did not. I could have sworn that was no. the case. But all right. Nice fine. try. What? What? I'm just saying. I'm trying to not out you. I'm no. trying to make sure like you got you got it in there. No, but... just make sure we'll make sure we say something for Hispanic Heritage Month. We will. Well, uh, September 15th, October 15th, or whatever. Yeah. How do you put y'all in the middle of months? We can't even get a month, and then the NBA celebrates it in March. I'm like, I don't know what to. I don't know what to do. Well, because like, it's before the season, so they got to get you in somewhere. Yeah, but like, why can't like it be like that in general? You know what I'm saying? No, it's September you. 15th to October 15th. And the NBA season pretty much starts on October fifteenth now, right? So, true, so, good point. So it's like this: the so they do Hispanic Heritage in March, which is cool. You know, you start seeing El Heat, Los Spurs. Yeah, you see that. <laughs> Nueva which, York, which is good. Do always. they still do those jerseys? Yeah, the Knicks. I don't think. I don't know if they wore it last year. I don't know if they did. Or it's in March, where the last couple seasons, the way it's been going for the Knicks, I missed those games where they wore it in the way the North <laughs> New York jerseys because I just. Didn't care or check that. We from need, watching. we need, we need more of a Hispanic presence in the NBA. And I'm just saying, we have guys that are out there that could be in the NBA that aren't right now, and that's a shame because they should be there. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, we got to keep. We, gotta we keep. got some guys that are coming though. Pause. Speaking of Black History Month, uh, one thing I didn't talk to you about, but I had seen it at the beginning of the month, and it now popped into my head, and it was kind of shocking. Um, the NHL for the first time ever hmm. celebrated Black History Month. This year, they 2019, did, yeah. The first, and I was like, I did see something okay. about that. Okay, I mean, I was like, they got PK Subban. Nah, but see, here's the thing for me. I, I was, yeah, they got, some, they, got no, some. they got PK Subban, Anson Carter, who's now on NBC Sports, right? He does like some of the hockey updates. Seth Jones, I think, is like black. J- Jerome McGilna, Agilna. Uh, Agilna, uh So there's been some players over the years, but my thing was just thinking about hockey. Is Seth Jones black? I don't even know. I'm not even sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Because um, his dad was Popeye Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. Popeye yeah, Jones' yeah. son. Who does he play for? Uh, Vancouver? I think he was with Nashville. Now he's okay. with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's your hockey now. And they the had, game. yeah, they, and we, <laughs> we don't talk a lot of hockey in the show, but they said they were shifting. 
The focus of February from its wide-ranging hockey is for everyone campaign to emphasize racial diversity in the sport. Now, look. <laughs> they want viewers. That's why. <laughs> look, look, man, I, I, I'm going to say this. I don't, you know. I've, have you have you been to a hockey game before? Live, no, no, you have not. Now I've no. been to one. I, like I like I Devils often say, game. I'm Puerto Rican. We fight. We play basketball. We uh, hit baseballs. I thought you were going to stop, but we fight, which I'm like, well, then hockey's perfect for you. <laughs> but w- with the whole ice skating and the sticks, and nah. that's the part of it that doesn't work. Nah. Um, nah. Be, if you've look, if you've been to a hockey game, and I've been to several, only as a media member, never. Going as a fan. That's, what I'm th- that's one of the only sports. That's one of the only fan. sports I haven't covered yet. Um, one of the only ones. There's not a lot of people of color on the ice. Yeah, there's well. not a lot of people of color in the stands. Right. There's not a lot. Of Even people- in the concessions. Yes. There's not <laughs> a lot of people of color covering the game. I just today I'm doing some work around the stadium series with hockey and how weather affects that. And I've been doing that uh, for my job with AccuWeather, and I just came from Philadelphia where they're having the Penguins and Flyers play um, in a few days. And the, the, just the media there, I was the only – one of two people of color in the media there. Um, and there was some – anyone ask you, oh, how you like it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't get that, but I got the – Oh, have you ever been to a hockey game before? Of course. Yeah, Come on. I got that. It's like, oh, like, let, let me tell. I, I, hey, at least they didn't go up to be like, hey, don't you guys normally play basketball? No, that, <laughs> Imagine. Sh- Imagine. Woo! That wouldn't have gone over Woo! well for that person. Oh, my God. That wouldn't go over well I could for that imagine, person. I could imagine being in a room where it's where it's a hockey thing and be like, oh, did you have you ever like have you ever covered the Mets or something like that? I'd be like, yo, what you trying to say? What are you trying to say, bro? <laughs> you know, you know, you, but you know, you got to call people on what you know they're trying to say. But there were not a lot of people like that. And I'm very intrigued to when I'm at the game to see probably what I think would be the demographic of people that would be there. <laughs> not just because of hockey, also because it's outside. And yeah, my West Indian self, if I didn't <laughs> have to be out there, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um. So that's just a whole other thing. But with all that being said, salute to the NHL for finally doing it. The reason I won't even kill the NHL and say, well, why haven't they done it before? Is because they haven't had a lot of black players through their history. So I'm wondering if now, because we've recently seen some other black players in the sport. And they want to welcome more, I'm sure. Prominence, they want to welcome more. So at least I understand what they're trying to do. And I have to actually applaud them and say, good job, NHL, in trying to promote diversity. Maybe I would like to see in the next 10 years or so how that translates to how the people look who are in the stands and actually paying to watch these games. Are more black people going to get into watching hockey? I like to watch playoff hockey. I don't really Me get too. down with the sport during the regular season, but I'll watch it. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah. Yeah, we still got a ways to go on that because, like, I mean, like, take New York, for example, where we're obviously, you know, maybe the most diverse city in America. The PSAL, for example, there's no hockey. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna see you're not gonna see boys and girls versus Jefferson slapsticks. Pause. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're not gonna see them play hockey uh, in any sort of high school venue well, here. This- You'll see it more so maybe in Long Island and in upstate, but that's where the lack of diversity sort of comes yeah, in. Yeah, lack right? of diversity also goes with the you know the economic uh, diversity and the differences between kids who are in either middle class affluent white communities as opposed to kids who are in lower income inner city black communities right you know what you can't do you can't afford everything that comes with hockey hockey takes money to play you got to have that's what i was going to say well this is this is why soccer is very diverse diverse. and boxing is very diverse because when you're growing up 
you could play soccer with your friends by just setting up a couple cans of like yep. you know uh, Pepsi or whatever. Basketball, you can just make kick, a hoop. On basketball, it. you can get a hoop. You can go to the park. Yep, that's a frequent thing too. Uh, with baseball, you don't even need that much equipment, really. Now, if you want to play on a team and stuff it's, like that, it's, it's a money. little different. But still, but football takes money. But like hockey, it takes like in New York City. Where do you even go to play hockey if you're a kid? You know what I mean? That's not something I knew growing up. I knew where to go play baseball. You know, sometimes yeah. it would be like in, 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 in Sutter Field. I don't know if you know of that field where I'm talking yeah. about. I used to play there a lot. There's another one on Central. No, like there's baseball fields, there's basketball fields everywhere. There's even some football fields. Well, there's not a lot of kids on the baseball fields nowadays, but that's, that's a whole true. nother question. But with hockey in the, in, the, in the inner cities or cities, if you want to say that, just in general, like you don't find it that much here. Whereas if you live in like certain parts of Pennsylvania, like, yeah, you'll be able to go find some hockey equipment at some place. Or if you're in Buffalo, you're good. But here is different. Yeah, it's not part of our culture. Yeah, and so the NHL has had Willie O'Ree, who broke the color barrier in hockey in 1958. Um, And the NHL is doing this traveling museum, which I actually would like to see. I think it was in New York already, so I missed it. They did it outside the garden, but I would have liked to check that out. But he is the – Willie O'Ree is the NHL diversity ambassador and director of youth development. He said he's proud the league is celebrating black history and has seen more pro- progress and more kids playing hockey over his two decades on the job. i like to see some numbers behind that, but, I, I mean, I, I trust that, that it's doing well and they probably are growing. And I think, like you said, seeing more players like Subban and um, Evander Kane. There's another one. Uh, Seth Rock, Jones. Ryan Reeves, who plays, um, who does he play for? The Vegas Golden Knights. His dad actually used to be a running back in the NFL, Willard Reeves. Yeah, that's I, I think I think that's dope. Obviously dope whenever you can see anything. Um uh, get get uh a little bit more diverse. So like, yeah, man, that that's good. Doesn't have a rich black history, but they are celebrating the black history that's there. And that completes so our hockey analysis for the next thirty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> for the year. I don't know, maybe something else interesting will come with hockey. Hey, you never you never I'll take know. a hockey player on here. Yeah, well, sure. you never you never know. PK Subban, man, you come kick you Word. come kick it with us on Word. the Hotel Podcast. <laughs> we are I I I I'm damn I'm all for that. PK Subban, so I hope he. Hey, I like he, him a great deal. I've seen a couple of documentaries on him, and I find him pretty fascinating for a number of reasons. Yeah, you know what's funny? Real quick on that with hockey, this is real. This had to be. I it wasn't last summer. Summer before this is summer twenty seventeen. Okay, I was doing a story when I was working in News Twelve, and I was at Coney Island, and it was like it was like a hot day. And I was doing something about people how they stay cool, and this couple comes along, and they're from. They start talking to me, and they're from Montreal. So I'm talking to them. They start saying to me. They're big Montreal Canadian fans, so they asked me if I've ever been to Montreal. I'm like, yes, I have been to Montreal. Love Montreal, dope city, really I good jazz, been, man. really good jazz scene. I want to go. Um, so they were like, I'm a big hockey fan, but I said no. So they asked me if I knew who PK Subban was, but I was actually aware of him on that time being on the Canadians, and they were going through the whole thing about how um, they they love him as a player, and this, this is guy's favorite player, and this was a white couple, by the way, yeah, the favorite player, and they were like, yo, but I think he's gonna get pushed out i think they're gonna trade yeah, you him. told me about this before and, yeah and he's like and i'm like why if he's so good because i was not aware of the situation going on he's like some people don't like the way he acts on the ice and i was like oh i know what that means already yeah. once they said that they were like you think he's too flamboyant he's he got a lot of personality he doesn't play the game the white way right you know i think i fortunately slipped and said the white way yeah but yeah that was actually what that level was actually all the time which is exactly <laughs> what it means and so they said that, and these two, this white couple that was acknowledged, they said, look, it's a shame. We love this guy, and he's going to get traded, and I'm really upset with the organization. Yeah. Sure enough, I think it was a week or two later, he was traded to the Predators. Nashville. And there goes that, and he's gone, even though he's one of the best players in the league. 
um, Montreal, one of the story franchises in the league, uh, and very old school, they could not keep him. So that was that was disappointing in that. But yeah, I like PK Subban. And man. then and then I think they went to the Stanley they went Cup. To Stanley Cup Finals that year, the first year that Nashville year, that being year, that because Montreal was very good with him. Yes, I think were. at one point. Yes. And then he went to the. I can't believe we're doing this. And then he went to the Stanley Cup in his first year, and they took all uh, the Penguins to six games. Look, man. NHL's being diverse. We got to be diverse, too, in our programming. This Black History Month of 2019 has been very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of black people will agree with me. It's already been very interesting in some events that has happened this month, specifically around race, even though there's people who don't want to talk about race and certain things. And the first thing we'll talk about, uh, a lot has gone on this month. We've talked about it plenty in this podcast with Anthony Davis, Rich Paul, and LeBron. A couple weeks ago, LeBron and Rich Paul... And Rajon Rondo were all at the Duke uh, University of Virginia game. It was one versus two yeah. down in Charlottesville. Yeah. They're at the game. LeBron yeah. and uh, Rondo were sitting courtside. Now there's been things coming out about how LeBron uh, and Rich Paul were trying to court, re- court or recruit Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, which is retarded because... He can't because he's going to get drafted by whatever team he wants to. Now, could they recruit him to come to Clutch Sports? Yes, because that's what agents do. Yeah. Agents try to get these kids to sign to a specific place. So, like, that I understand. But further than that, he can't. LeBron can't recruit him to play to any team. So because this has come out and because there were these things coming out um, against Rich Paul, LeBron James decided to defend Rich Paul. On this matter. And Rich Paul, as for people who don't know, is one of LeBron's longtime friends. He is the head agent at Clutch Sports uh, and owner. And so he, LeBron has, if people don't know, has empowered his friends in many ways. Yeah. Uh, built up guys who came, grew up with him in Akron, gave them money to start their own businesses. You've got uh, Maverick Carter, who's very well involved in media, and Rich Paul, guys who've done great things. And I think what LeBron has done for that, kind of going on a tangent here, in terms of his friends— and for the culture in terms of getting his money and empowering other black men around him and women around him, I think is dope. And he should continue to do that. And I applaud him for that. And what I'm going to say is when we've seen someone like LeBron who has so much power and does this, I believe there are people out there, clearly what we see in this world, that do not like that. Okay? Obviously. And I, I think to act that that doesn't exist is absolutely ridiculous. Now, LeBron James came out and defended uh, Rich Paul. And this is what he said to ESPN. A, a recruiting trip? I didn't talk to anybody. They're only saying that because it's rich. When Shaq came to see me play in high school, when AI came to see me play in high school, they weren't saying it was a recruiting trip then. But because it's rich, Paul and LeBron, now it's a recruitment trip. Now, push back on that. Somebody will say, is, well, Shaq wasn't with an agency. AI wasn't with an agency. And true, that also even speaks more to what I'm saying. It's got LeBron and Rich Paul have created situations where black players and an agent have more power than ever before. And again, guess who that makes uncomfortable? Yes, there are people out there who don't like that. And if you don't believe that that exists, then I think you just have your head in the sand. It's the same reason why players, well, not players, the same reason why fans are very resistant to where things are changing in favor of the players where people don't like that players and NBA free agency, like they get to control their own destiny. And it's weird because they always side with ownership. Well, usually. Yeah, go ahead. No, people in this country have always been pro 
the laborers, right? Which is like yeah, for which the is, history of time. Which is weird because it's like well, yo, except for slavery, then yeah. they were just like pro free labor and let's have these people build this stuff. It's like, free. yo, if that were you, you wouldn't want to be told what to do if you didn't have to be told what to do. Right. You would want to control your own destiny. And when people have this choice to do it, which people are generally always pro worker. It's interesting. In this country there's been things that were fought for pro worker, child Strikes. labor laws. Uh, protests. Protests against, if you want to say going back to slavery, which a lot of people were informed of because it benefited certain people economically um, and was absolutely exploitive. But there's been tons of exploitation in this country in terms of work, and people have always fought against it and been pro-worker. However, when it comes to athletes, sports, specifically yeah. the the leagues where there's a heavy presence of minority or black athletes, basketball, football. people tend to be not for this or upset at these players for having too much power. And it's yeah. like, why are you upset? Because then I got to start looking at, well, race has to be a factor. Who are you upset about? Seems like you're upset because these brothers are making money and they have realized to take their own agency and power into their own hands and know their va- value and use their leverage. That's all business is. Yeah. It's using leverage. Yeah. Right? You, If somebody, we had a conversation the other day about what leverage we could or could not use in a certain situation. We will address that another time, but you know what I'm talking about. And what le- and no oh, value was oh, the oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I got you. Okay. Yes, sorry now, guys. Next podcast, now, maybe stuff with <laughs> now stuff with that. And this is what I thought LeBron said it was interesting that you and the point that you were making, Brian, is that when these things happen and people see these things happening, those people, these minorities that may be gaining power in whatever sport, whether it's uh, black people in basketball, mm-hmm. Latinos in baseball, mm-hmm. it's the fact that. They are now becoming a threat. They are a threat to the system that actually exists already. And, and the fans change. want them to be suppressed. Yes. Now, LeBron said this. Now Rich is a threat to everybody, and they t- they look at it, and they want to keep trying to jab my agent and jab my friend. And what is he doing wrong? I think that's a fair question. That's me talking. Back to LeBron. They don't say that about no other agent when other guys go see players. They don't say that about no other agent but my guy because he's a threat. And he's African-American, too. too. Throw that in there. I love that he did that. It's like, yeah, and because he's black, and y'all be tripping because it's a black dude with so much power, and he's in there now, and knows how to use it, and use it in a way that disrupts what the norm has always been. Yeah. Now you may not like how Rich Paul has used his power. You may not like how he flexed on the New Orleans Pelicans with the whole situation with Anthony Davis, and whether you think that worked out or not. I personally don't care. I don't know if there's a good time to do it, a bad time to do it. I don't think he's doing anything different than what agents do. Right. It's business. Nobody complains when Scott Boris tries to get the most dollar or best situation for one of his players. I've never heard anybody complain about that. Right. They're just like, Scott Boris is an aggressive agent. He's a good businessman. Yeah, but we we know there's code when it's, you know, different. But (laughs) as soon as as Rich Paul... There's tampering now, and people also hate the fact that, and you brought this up, is that yep. like, that he's LeBron's friend. So some people feel like he hasn't earned his sort of place, his sort of status, so to speak. Ah. So there's that as well. Now we're talking about earning a place and status, and that kind of goes into my whole thing of people not thinking that he is necessarily made it in the way that traditional sports agents have made it, and it seems like they're mad about that. Now everybody doesn't always feel the way you and I might feel about this. And, of course, sometimes things get aggregated and played up. And, you know, good person I know and uh, mentor to me at some point, Stephen A. Smith, he had this to say on first take about uh, Zion and whether LeBron tried to recruit him and LeBron's comments about whether or not uh, Rich Paul and himself are being racially targeted here. Take a listen. Um, I don't think they were recruiting him that day, but the reality is, is this. 
LeBron James and Rich Paul are being heavily scrutinized. Um, in the case of Rich Paul, um, I would make the argument that it's not unfair. There is a game within a game that's played in every business, in every walk of life. And if Rich Paul is playing it better than most, get the hell over it. It's just that simple. He's doing what he's doing. But I will say this. I do not want to hear LeBron James or Rich Paul, because I think it was LeBron James that said to Dave McMenamin, throwing the fact that he's black as well. That part is nonsense. Here's why. Why, Stephen A.? I'm going to stop him right there. Why is it nonsense? Why is it sometimes I feel like we're so uncomfortable with saying that something actually might be racist or there are systems that exist, as we know, in this country that might actually have to do with race or biases that do with race? We're so uncomfortable with saying that. I don't understand why Stephen A., and I, I will let him finish his point, why he had in this moment, why he had an issue with saying that this could, there could be race as a factor in here. I'm not so quick to dismiss that here. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about how there's other black agents, too, that don't experience that. But I don't think that's our point. Some of the elite agents in the business representing NFL players. Bill Duffy is one of the best to ever do it. He's black. Henry Thomas, God rest his wonderful soul, who passed away last year. He represented D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and others. He's black. Years ago with the Bill Stricklands of the world representing Rashid Wallace and others. He was black. The Goodwin brothers, Aaron and Eric, elite in this business. To this day, they are also black. So you can make the argument about people scrutinizing Rich Paul and doing so unfairly. And I have no problem with it until you bring up race. Race has nothing to do with that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But you know why? Because all the dudes that Stephen A. mentioned... They didn't move in the way that Rich Paul moved. They didn't come into the game the way Rich Paul moved. So by that way, they didn't make people uncomfortable. Yeah. And part of a lot of be being a minority in this country is, and this is all about code switching and people know this, is make having to make other people comfortable sometimes. We got to do it at our jobs. We got to do it at all these different places. And sometimes- We when, have we, no, to. No, well, we, I know what you mean. You got to survive to some degree. And so I'm, I'm not knocking those But brothers. you know what I mean. Yeah, because they were surviving. But the problem, the problem you get is when somebody comes and says, mm, no, "Yo, we ain't got to do that no more," right? Because sometimes you get to a point where we don't have to do that anymore, right? On a much lower level, I've been that guy. Yes, and you and, know that. And when to the and when you push it, there are things that come with that. However, to act like race isn't a factor here, I disagree because also this isn't the first time an agent has been had two players. That are very high profile. David Falk was the agent back in the day for Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing. Yeah. They would attend many events together, go to many things. I don't know if Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan ever talked about playing together. I don't know. Maybe well, I, f I feel like there was correct one, me if I'm wrong. There was a rumor back in the day. There was one off season, I believe it was in '97 or '98, about Jordan potentially coming to the Knicks. Yeah, I crazy as that might sound, as a Knicks fan growing up, I did not want that to happen. I wanted to be the team that beat Jordan. I did not want to get him. To no, come no, I play. feel you. I but feel you. Whatever. Some but respect. I probably just took that championship. But <laughs> th these things have all, they've always been players uh, having different th relationships together, and nobody questions it. Yeah. I do think LeBron and his group of people, it gets questioned a little bit more. And there's always been pushback on Maverick Carter mm -hmm. and LeBron doing the shop. And does this take away from doing basketball? There always seems to be things about where we see other black men around LeBron rising up in certain platforms, there seems to be this attempt to question the legitimacy 
of what they're doing. Right. I ain't here for it. And just and just in general, when you're pushing the envelope like that, when you're because LeBron is kind of the first to do these things in terms of putting his friends onto this level, having these shows while he's playing basketball, these other ventures, these businesses, he's breaking a bunch of doors down that haven't been touched before. Yep. So in doing so, he's going to receive pushback anyway. Then you throw the fact of, like, you know, he's LeBron, he's black, he's this, he's that, his friends, we don't know if they're legit, all that stuff. And then it just piles on from there. Let's, my whole thing with this, and to wrap it up, is, like, please, and this is where I disagree with Stephen A. on this, let's not act like race isn't a part of this. You just, mentioned, you just mentioned all of these things that's going on. To act like race isn't there or people don't see that, you sound like the people that are like, yo, I don't see color. Yeah. And you know what? I, when people say I don't see color, the first thing I think is, yo, you don't have a lot of friends of color. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. No, there's definitely that. Um, aside from the fact that, look, some people will look at it as, oh, LeBron's not Jordan. So they'll hold it to every single every single thing. Like, they'll hate LeBron in so many ways. And you know that that's true. Yeah. Like, anything that they can tear LeBron down for, they'll do it. So it's even – it's because you'll have, you'll have black people. That, for example, they just like Jordan because they like the 90s NBA more than they like LeBron. So there's that element of that as well, which, I mean, I don't think the Jordan-LeBron thing needs to be in every single phase of LeBron's life. But whatever, man. People are just going to do what they do. A new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. Forget the old school way of DFS. Thrive Fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top tier athletes. That means no more salary cap. You just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Here's how it works. For each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. In other sports black history news this month, oh boy. Uh, well, big news, uh, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed settled their grievance case with the NFL. Uh, I saw this uh, come through as I was walking through uh, Lincoln Financial Field, and I checked my phone, and I did a little bit of a reading on it. Yeah. And We wanted to talk about this last week, but we saved it for this episode. Yeah, so we saved it for this episode. We were not able to get to this, but I find the conversation that immediately saw after this pretty interesting right you've got people who are looking at colin kaepernick the same way when he had the nike deal as a sellout for getting they, the settlement in look, this. man and you think they don't get it they don't they don't because here, here's the thing like if you have an agenda it will reveal itself if you're stupid it would also reveal itself <laughs> so if you're yes. stupid and you have an agenda that it will reveal itself Those right away. Pretty quickly, yes. You you can see right away, like sort of the Twitter noise, and you could see the kind of people who are going to push back and be like, "Oh, he's a sellout because he took the money from the NFL." No, here's what I tweeted when that happened. Mm-hmm. By the way, because I want I want to see uh, what you thought about this. But I basically said Colin Kaepernick is not a sellout. His lawsuit suggested his lawsuit. Keep that in mind. Suggested yes. that league owners were colluding and preventing him from having an NFL job. Thus not making any money. The only way to right the wrong would, in fact, be money. 
So, big picture, he's going to continue his fight. I'm 100% sure of that. Why is that so hard to understand for some people? Because they either don't want to understand or they just can't grasp that the two could be separate in terms of what he's actually fighting for Mm -hmm. and getting the money for the lawsuit. Not for, you know, for him or whatever. Like, it's not like they're paying him hush money to shut up. This is just for the lawsuit, for them colluding against him, not not you know for him not being able to play football during that time where he in fact wanted to play football and by the way as we know he was good enough to play football because we see some terrible quarterback play terrible terrible between when Kaepernick was in the league and now and we're going to keep seeing terrible quarterback play because there ain't that many good quarterbacks in the league anymore now here's the thing a couple things I think we talked about this that is not something we needed to introduce nice um (laughs) what I said to you I remember when we first talked about this in the podcast way back was when I heard that he was bringing this case against the NFL, I found it interesting because what I thought was for you to bring this up as a lawsuit, you must feel like you've got something good. Evidently he did because the NFL outed themselves. Yep, because they said, you know what, we're going to pay that you, we pay you for the wrongings we did and nobody can talk about this because part of the settlement is nobody can comment on this. So we'll never hear... Colin, talk about this. I don't know if there's any uh, limitations on how long he can't speak on it. I was going to say, you don't think we'll get like a book at some point down the line? If there's time on it, I don't know. It depends what they agree to. I, I don't lo- know that. I would love, man. It, but here's the thing. Does it matter? Because if they didn't collude against him, they wouldn't have paid. Yeah. Yeah. And again, going back to what I and was saying the mo- before. The, do you see how much money has been reported? There's been reporting that Colin Kaepernick's been paid sixty to eighty million dollars. Yeah, I saw twenty. Range. You said sixty to eighty. If that's such a, look, you, you know what's pro- he's probably going to put that into his Know Your Rights camp. Maybe he'll do some more stuff with. I'm sure he's going to do some more stuff with Nike at some point. Do you know if the if the NFL had to turn over sixty to eighty million dollars because <laughs> this dude is putting a lawsuit against him, obtaining that they colluded him and Eric Reed, they're paying you sixty to eighty million dollars to shut up and that's yeah. no good that's no money for nfl because what the nfl has always understood is anything that's bad for their business yeah which all which you know what this tells you all the stuff all you people who thought kneeling was bad for the business uh-uh it wasn't worse than the fact that y'all tried to prevent this man from working in the nfl that was worse for business because y'all paid this much to have him not say anything yeah that's literally a salary for a quarterback that you would sign on a four-year deal 80 million dollars and in terms of the hush money, like it's only specific to this, not right. for Colin Kaepernick in general, in terms of the knowing your rights camp and all the other stuff that he's been doing and is going to continue to do. And by the way, you're allowed to take money from a settlement that did you wrong. You're allowed to take money. Like some people think that because you're an activist, you shouldn't be taking any money from any corporation or whatever. Like, no, at some point you deserve to get paid if you're doing the right thing and continuing to do what you're doing and pushing the envelope in that way. Like, yeah, I don't see what the problem is with in that, that either. There's no, people act like this is activist handbook or revolutionary handbook that says you can't take money. Yeah. Make all the your, sacrifices and never make any money right. out of it. Like, what? what? Like, no. Come on, fam. Like, like really? <laughs> like, come on. If you if you have some cause or so, somebody selling a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, I'm going to be mad at them? Yeah, right. Now, there's a line because if you become Joel Osteen, <laughs> well, and you, you know, well, that's a whole other place I can get to. <laughs> right? He's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> that's all I'll say. On We're that. spiritual, by the way. I'm just that, saying that he's doing the Lord's work. But, but, yeah, that's what, that's what but, some people there, say. There's, there's levels to 
we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, but look, man, I, uh, I, I think that I think that this says a lot about the NFL stuff that we already know and all the people that already already knew what was going on. Yeah, I think Cap is going to take a lot of this money and continue the work he's going to do. I think yeah. for him, this was always bigger than football. Yeah, he will continue to do that. I applaud this brother for fighting the NFL, knowing his rights, knowing exactly what they were doing against him, and winning, and winning. Because yeah. you know he's winning. It's not even just about the money. The, the money that he had to pay speaks volumes. Kaepernick doesn't have to ever say anything about this. That's he doesn't true. ever have to speak anything about this. Right. The fact that the NFL to turn over, whether it's 60, I don't care if it's $20 million, whatever they turn over him speaks volumes because we knew all the people that wanted to be real about this knew he was being done wrong, knew he was being black, blackballed because he stood up for what he believed in. And you know what this shows people a lot? And I think this is important in Black History Month because so many of uh, people from my ancestors in history had to stand up for what we believe in. And it's the same thing for all minorities in the country right now. Yeah. You got to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. And sometimes the sacrifice can pay off as you move forward into the future. Yep. I'm clipping that one. And then we have, and this has been a topic among the black community, somewhat of a, a, a little bit of a setback. And this is turning into something that we talk about a little on this podcast, which is hip hop. There's a C word that you can and use. That, and there I is. And I, I won't. I, yeah. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. Um, there is there is a bit of. I don't think I'm allowed to say I'm, that word. I'm not, I'm not even going to say it. But there is a lot of that going on. Uh if if you can if you can uh, it rhymes with buffoonery. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot of that going on here uh, in this situation. Now we have a beef between Floyd, uh, Mayweather, and Ti, and, and a lot of other people, by the way, other people. But this started all with I find interesting at the beginning of this month uh, some very I don't even say questionable, very disgusting and deplorable items that came out uh, via Gucci and not uh, yeah. Okay. And a couple other brands which are escaping me right now, but I will just. Leave there was more. Yeah, there's a couple other. Oh, Prada, Prada's one. Of course, uh, which it, where, they use, where they use. Where they use. This is why I don't know. I don't understand why y'all wear that. I don't understand why y'all wear that. But that, no, hold on. That's like, a, when you when when you say y'all, you mean no, like just people in general. Oh, okay, I mean I thought you were trying to have a you. People no, 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 moment. no, no, no. I'm no, like no. you have a you people you people moment on the black. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying this is why I don't understand why y'all wear that. Like just right. people in general, because. One, it's just very expensive. But two, they're just wearing it for the image, just to be seen and stuff like that. Like, you go, like, I've been in NBA locker rooms. I see Gucci shirts all the time, sneakers, all that stuff. And I'm like, for what? Just because you can? I like, would I would love to ask, I wish I would love to ask, I would love somebody, and maybe some writer has done this on the Undefeated something. I'd love somebody to ask some of these players, cause I've seen these two in these locker rooms, how they feel about this, With which, which what I was going to mention was Gucci came out with a sweater uh, that basically imitated blackface, and there was a white woman wearing a sweater that went over her mouth, black black uh, skin over the face, and red lips as blackface caricatures were drawn uh, in the early part of last century. Now, was this new, or was yes. this something that was uncovered from back in the day? No, this was a new item. They this released. was a new item. They released Whoa. this month. Not that either is acceptable, they re- but that's considerably worse. They released this what item. Are you, what, are, what, what, what are you thinking? Like, who's in that room? So honestly, I saw with, with this coming out, Prada came out with some stuff with their little blackface dolls on a bag. Wow, I didn't even know about. The and Prada there was stuff. another company I'm forgetting, but I saw a friend of mine oh on Facebook who she posted and she questioned that all these stuff were released at the same time at the beginning of Black History Month. What? And she was wondering if it was more than a coincidence. And I, she was kind of questioning it. I, I don't kinda, know. If, I don't know if you got to wonder. 
I don't. <laughs> I think it's I think it's at le- interesting to say the least that they all came out now. Gucci ugly anyway. I agree. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this this actually this whole situation made me think about and I'm gonna play this when we're done with this podcast. A song that Kendrick had done called Vanity Slaves Part Two, in which he talks about a little bit about the black community's love for some of these higher end European uh products here and I think it's really interesting. And we'll get into that too. You actually brought something that ties into uh, Black History Month. I'm going to touch on too. But <laughs> I think that it would be interesting to hear from these players and people, are they still supporting Gucci? And T.I. has called for a boycott of Gucci for a period he said of three months. Yeah. I think they should boycott it forever. But why, wait, wait, why only three months? I don't know, which is a question Floyd Mayweather has thrown back at him in this beef. And I think it's a fair That's question. It's a fair question. I do think it's a fair question. Um, however, the points Floyd is making to against him, which is now there's this beef, T.I.'s called that Floyd because Floyd has been promoting Gucci and Floyd was seen buying Gucci from a Gucci store. TMZ got him. So now people were coming at Floyd as what people just jump on everything on social media. Yeah. But Floyd came back and was like, I do my own thing. I made money because Floyd has always been about that. Right. And which, he's going to buy Gucci if he wants to. Look, I'm not going to fault him for like wanting to do his own thing, but I will say this. like, If you're defending that, that, yeah, that says something because I feel you. it says something about you that you're saying, yo, I'm doing my own thing buying Gucci, but I'm not yeah. saying that blackface is bad. Blackface, sorry, I have to. It's sad I have to actually explain this. Blackface <laughs> is incredibly offensive. It's incredibly horrible. It, nobody should be here for it, and, and no black person should be for it. So right. if you're going, if you're black and you're going to support a brand that does blackface, I'm giving you the hundred and sixty five percent side eye, and that's to you, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. So I understand why Ti is mad. Floyd's coming back. T.I. then put out a diss track against Floyd, which was actually pretty good and full of actually good context about people gotta hear who are doing what we call rhyming with the buffoonery and pretty much calling <laughs> those people out, but also calling out Floyd Mayweather. Now, yeah. Floyd comes back and counters with him and is like, yo, you're j- you only have this Gucci boycott for three months, which I did think was a fair question. Yeah. But he also is like, you... Uh, why don't you boycott other things? Why don't you boycott misogynistic rap lyrics? Says the person who has re- been arrested for hitting his wife. While like, while he may not be entirely wrong in his message, probably not the right message. Right, right, that message. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you someone could be who's actually done jail time for domestic, domestic violence. violence. Somebody who also come, has come out to plenty of hip hop songs. Here's my thing: you're painting <laughs> right. You're, you're painting hip hop with this extremely someone broad, who has a strip club in his house, by the way, right. Do you is there misogyny in hip hop? Absolutely. Is there some messages in hip hop that are not positive? Definitely. Yeah. But don't paint it with a broad stroke and act like Ti, who's actually been very positive in his hip hop, as in his older age. I don't think he's a person to come at. Ti has been pushing for a lot of stuff in social jam. Yeah. You're coming at Ti for old stuff, and I think that's corny. And like Ti has a right to grow, which I don't necessarily think Floyd Mayweather has ever shown that he's done. Bruh, you're out here defending blackface you didn't condemn gucci and mm-hmm. i'm sorry if you're black and you're not condemning gucci i don't care if you like them g's i don't care if you like them g's on your belt no yeah you can't you can't stand with that you can't rock with that you can't rock with that and you know what the thing is too he's gonna fight manny pacquiao again and people are gonna buy that fight you know that's gonna happen like you know, like people are gonna protest, but so much. But that's the that thing is still gonna go on. It's probably gonna be ninety nine, ninety nine. I HD. hope. I, I hope one thing. I don't care to watch that fight. Me neither. But I hope for one thing. I hope Pacquiao knocks him out, and knocks some <laughs> damn sense in his head. 
I hope that. Well, Pacquiao needs that money for taxes. He's not the he's not the he's not the cleanest guy either. This also ties in keeping with the Black History theme. Yes. Uh, I don't remember this man's name. We got to go find it. So if you could just find it, but there was this dude who, in response to Colin Kaepernick, who we were just talking about, he stopped selling Nikes at his store. I don't know if it was a Modell store, but it was like a sportswear store. It was. I think it was his own like sports store. Yeah, it was his own sports store. Uh, we'll get the location and things like that. But he stopped selling Nikes. It was in Denver. It was. Yes, Colorado Springs. It was in Colorado Springs. And he stopped selling Nikes in that sports store. And he has since had to go out of business. Five months after he began this Kaepernick Nike protest. Which, I find, there's so much irony. I find it interesting it's that, hilarious. that Kaepernick signing with Nike was the line where he was like, nah, we can't do this no more. Hold on. That was it for you? Remember, he also said uh, that he has no regrets because he he's going out his way. Like, he feels like he was doing what was right for him. So he doubled down. No regrets, nothing. I mean, here's And the I thing. saw this on High Noon for here's what it's the, worth. Here's the thing. I, if you're going to go out on what you believe in, like, even if I don't rock with you, I will have some respect for you going down all the way. You going down with the ship all the way. Like, to some degree, I can respect that somewhat. However, I... You owned your own sports apparel store. This man's name was Stephen Martin okay. for 20 years. And Colin Kaepernick signing Nike is going to be the reason why your business can't operate anymore. Yeah. Like, literally, like, I don't know if Stephen Martin has a wife or kids. Probably but does. if he has to come home and tell him that, I mean, maybe his wife is rocking with him. He's like, yeah, well, I don't mess with Colin Kaepernick either. And Nike signed him. But I'm just like, why didn't you stop selling NFL jerseys when Colin Kaepernick um, – decided to take a knee and, 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 you, and he still was playing why weren't you so mad at the nfl then to stop my jersey why was yeah. it when he signed with right. nike that made you so upset like i would love to know that from Stephen martin like i'd really would love to know and if we know anything about this man we know that he loves his football as evident by his actions the things he was saying Riding with the NFL over colin kaepernick we we know what it is he also canceled an autograph signing with brandon marshall uh, after the Broncos linebacker protested police brutality, he said, <laughs> so he was supposed to have an autograph signing in there. So that tells me it's like, bro, like, so you're like, I would like to know the person is like, what does that mean? Are you for police brutality? Because a person who kneeled to protest police brutality was going to come to your store, which right. would be business for your store in the Denver area to sign autographs is going to bring people to your store. And you were like, no. <laughs> because what so like i'm like i just want there's more i'm like do these some of these reporters i get annoyed with this my fellow journalists y'all ain't asking the right questions well i mean i feel like if the reporter i don't know if the who you, the reporter was. we know but you know what but we you know, know what i was gonna say we know like we know they weren't me you're right <laughs> they didn't look like i, I guarantee man I, who wrote this story because there there are some things that you know Certain people may not think to ask that other people would. And I'm not knocking them for it because they have different sensibilities for whatever the reason is. Yep. But you know what I mean? Like, if 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 somebody's pressing Yasiel Puig about celebrations, I probably feel more inclined to come to his defense than certain other reporters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I just... Yeah, man. I, I, I just like to know, man. Like, so you... Like for for you, like that's his morals, and he stood by it. And he was willing. He was willing to clearly lose money it, on this. It goes back to what we were saying before. People just don't like norms being shaken, like with the whole LeBron thing. LeBron is shaking stuff up 
some in a similar way that Kaepernick is. Yeah, and this is why you got to watch the people who are against that because what this guy was telling me is if you're really being clear-headed and level-headed on all this stuff, whether it was Kaepernick, whether it was Brandon Marshall, these guys are protesting racial injustice, police brutality, and you decided I'm going to protest against them, which then tells me you're okay with racial inequality and police brutality. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't care. They just, you know. They just want to watch football on Sundays and have that be their escape from reality or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you know, you know how it is. But let's get to numbers. Happy Black History Month. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> but let's get to numbers. Uh, hopefully our next Black History Month podcast will be a little bit more happy. Yeah, this, this, this black, black people, this, this was 2019 Black History Month was not easy. Well, we got some decent numbers. Uh, we got Louis Sharp, who I found out uh-huh. is Cuban. Ah, yeah, I did not know he's that. Afro Cuban, yes, yes. Okay, NFL. I believe it was offensive lineman Reggie McKenzie and Kareem uh-huh. McKenzie. Are they related? I don't know that. Are they related? I gotta see. Reggie McKenzie, I don't know that. Oh, uh, now, know. now I'm looking at this list. I do, I do think we are picking the same person. There's Russell Maryland, defensive lineman from back in the day. I believe. Yeah. Um, I believe I know who that is. Seth Lugo, your boy, and Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. Brooklyn. Out of Fort Greene. 67. Went to PS67 to Fort Greene. Definitely. And you know, uh, you have a connection to Taj Gibson. So yeah. No, no, his parents did a story with we them. Might we might be trying able to get to him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we will. Yeah. All right. We, we are out of time here. We got to run. Uh, please subscribe. Hit us up. Do all that. That's it for episode 67 of the Ain't Hard to Sell podcast. For Brian Fonseca, I'm Dex Henry. Until next time. Peace. peace.